All right, guys, let me start out with you tonight in the Old Testament and jump into a, a scripture that I know that you have probably heard before, but I want you to see something in a new light today because there is such gold in these scriptures if we are willing to put the work in of mining them out. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you just got to sit in them and find what is hidden in them because God, mm, God is good at, at placing such wisdom, such words within his scriptures that mm, they meant to be seen. And I want to show you something today, okay? So if you got your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis 22. We're going to pick up in verse 2, okay? This is where Abraham and his son Isaac go to sacrifice for the Lord, right? Genesis 22, we're going to pick up in verse 2. Then God said to Abraham, take your son, your only son. Now, he had another son, but this is the son of promise. This is the one by his wife, Sarah, right? So this is his only son, the one that the promise is going to flow through. So this is why this is important. Take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. Like Abraham was about his business. God spoke. He listened. It was beautiful, this relationship that they had. Now watch. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he sent out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Now, I just need to stop this right here because look at Abraham's faith. He'd been traveling three days and then he sees the place that God said in the distance. And he tells the servants, you guys stay here, right here. Me and the boy, we're going to go to the mountain and do exactly what God has called us to do. And we will both be back to you afterwards. Now, God told Abraham to go sacrifice his son Isaac, the one he loved, on this mountain. And yet, Abraham knew the goodness of a God. He knew the faithfulness of his Lord. And he knew that if he would obey, God would show up because he also knew that God required a certain type of sacrifice. And Isaac wasn't it. And Abraham knew it. Like, as much as he loved this boy, as good as this little man was, little man wasn't the perfect sacrifice that God would need to be offered before him. Remember, it has to be without blemish. You get into the Mosaic law here in a little while, but it has to be without blemish. And Isaac wasn't that. Watch, watch, like Abraham. I'm talking true to the faith, true to God, and knows who he serves and who he walks with. Dare we be such men that we know God is good. Whatever he asks of us, we are willing to do because God is faithful and true. And even if it should go wrong, he could use it for the good later. Like, we got to know that our God is amazing and loves us more than we can ever ask or imagine, more than our mind can even contemplate, more than this finite body can hold the infinite. Like, we got to know, like Abraham did, that God is good. Watch. Abraham, we're picking up in verse 6, took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, made Isaac carry the wood that he about to be laid on top of. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and the wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Like, what are we sacrificing here? Nobody let Isaac get on what's happening here. And look at Abraham, look at the dad's response to this. Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. 
Like, that's Abraham showing, speaking out his faith. God himself will provide the lamb. I know what he told me to do, but it's just test because it is not going to be what he ends up doing. God himself will provide the lamb because my boy ain't it, I promise. You are not the one. I'm going to go through it. I'm going to put my heart into it, but I know my God's going to show up. Ah, the heat that is in this, the, the faithfulness that is in this is everything. When they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar, on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from, Ab from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up. And there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. And he went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Ah, do you see this? Isaac asked his father Abraham, where is the lamb for sacrifice? Abraham says God will provide the lamb that is needed. But he finds a ram instead. You know what I'm saying? The ram isn't what's required. He says he will provide a lamb. He ain't talking about what's happening here. Abraham's speaking prophetically about the lamb to come. He said, I'm putting my only son. But he knew in his heart of hearts, revealed to him by God, that God himself would have to provide a lamb because Isaac wasn't good enough. His blood wasn't pure enough. He had sin within him. I don't, the young man that was before him, as much as his father loved him, he knew he wasn't without sin. And you fathers know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen to me. I got three little boys at home and I love them. I give my life for them, but they ain't perfect. You know what I'm talking about? Like they aren't perfect. At a young age, they start lying. At a young age, they start doing things they shouldn't do. At a young age, it enters into them. And us as fathers got the job of correcting them and teaching them and stewarding them correctly, right? That's why we got to pray for that wisdom. And I, Abraham knew this about Isaac. He said, God himself will provide the lamb. Why? Because you ain't good enough, son, to be the sacrifice that is needed. There is only one that could be, and God will provide the lamb. I ain't talking about the ram caught in a thicket. That was a substitute, a foreshadow. Like, he was talking about the lamb of God himself, Jesus. That son would be the one laid on top of an altar. That son would be the one that was uh, pierced in the blood flow. That son would be the one that God would accept as a perfect atonement for our sins. That son, and Abraham saw it, and he dared speak it. Now why, okay, okay, why does this matter? Like, cool, Abraham's faithful, he knows God is good, he's speaking what God is going to do, he's showing us things to come, like a foreshadow of the Christ that will appear in Jesus. Why does this matter? Like, what's this got to do with anything? I'm telling you, it's got to do with everything. It's got to do with the heart of your father, that he is trying to reconcile a world to himself, and he was showing us how it was going to happen. You see, Abraham and the prophets that went after him told of what God would do. And then Jesus showed up and did, and now those who are harvest workers afterwards are telling what it was done. Like, that's our good news. It's done. It's been finished. Jesus was the sacrifice. Like, Prophets told of what he would do. Jesus did. We tell of what is done. 
It's got everything to do with reconciliation. Everything. This story right here shows how God is going to reconcile the world to himself. It's everything because that's our story. That's how our God gets us. That's how our hearts get changed. That's how, the stance that he wants with us. What do you think he's putting all this time and effort in for us? The patience that he's got to endure. This world going out of uh, control and crazy right now? And it's just the pendulum swinging again because it's been out of con- control and crazy before. And God in his providence and his um, sovereignty and his patience has endured and put up with this. That what? That he might gain all those that are willing to cry out Jesus. All those that are willing to believe in the son that he sent to put on that altar. To reconcile us back to him. And he'd pay any cost for it. Look what I'm saying. Jump with me to the New Testament. Luke 20. Luke 20. It is amazing to me the cost that God pays to gain you and me. Like, it is absolutely amazing. When I think of, let me, like, just let me get real with you, like, personal. When I think of what he's had to put me through to get to this point, to speak this word that it might reach someone, and I'm thinking, why would you put a man through this? Because he loves you so much that he's got to put a man through to get him to a point, to speak the right word, to get to you. He'll do whatever it costs because he loves you that much. So what he's got to put another through is to show of his love towards those he is trying to gain. Watch. Like, he, there is no cost high enough to gain you. All of heaven was found wanting. He'll give it all to gain his sons and daughters back. What would you give? Parents out there, what would you give for your sons? Like, you'd sell the house, sell the car. Like, I don't care what I wear, what I work. Like, I got to get my kids back. And that's our God in heaven. We think our hearts like that come from. It comes from a father that is so in love with his creation, so in love with his sons and daughters that he'd give it all. I don't care what it cost. And this is what we're about to read right now because we got a God that Dagon wants us, that loves us, that needs us, and he sent a way that we might be gained again in Jesus to reconcile us, to put us back right with him. Ah, watch. Luke 20, we're going to pick up in verse 9. This is the parable of the tenants, right? He went on to tell the people this parable. A man planted a vineyard, rented it to some farmers, and went away for a long time. At harvest time, he sent a servant to the tenants so they could give him some of the fruit of the vineyard. But the tenants beat him and sent him away empty-handed. He sent another servant, but that one also they beat and treated shamefully and sent away empty-handed. He sent still a third, and they wounded him and threw him out. Then the owner of the vineyard said, What shall I do? I will send my son, whom I love. Perhaps they will respect him. But the tenants saw him. But when the tenants saw him, they talked the matter over. This is the heir, they said. Let's kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they threw him out of the vineyard and killed him. What then, this is Jesus talking, what then will the owner of the vineyard do to them? He will come and kill those tenants and give the vineyard to others. When the people heard this, they said, God forbid. Jesus looked directly at them and asked, Then what is the meaning of that which is written? The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Everyone who falls on that stone will be broken to pieces. Anyone on whom it falls will be crushed. The teachers of the law and the chief priests looked for a way to arrest him immediately because they knew he had spoken this parable against them. But they were afraid of the people. All right, before we get into this, I just need you to see the love of the the owner of this vineyard, right? I got to see, you got to see the love of it. He said, 
man after man after man, and they beat them, and they killed them. Like, the, the hmm, how you say it, the value of what was in this vineyard must have been immense to be worth the beating of a man, the death of a son. Must have been tremendous. Why did he just give up on it? Say, if it's that hard to get, you can have it. It ain't worth it. The juice ain't that good from this vineyard. Feel me? Why did he just give up? I'm telling you because it wasn't just fruit we talking about. It was you. It was me. And we worth everything to him. He couldn't give up. It was worth a man getting beat down for. It was worth someone getting mocked and ridiculed, pulled outside and stoned. It was worth a son getting staked up on a, on a cross and his blood shed. Why? Because we are his prize. And he had to gain us back. He didn't start this thing to lose us. He started this thing to gain us forever. And this vineyard is too priceless for him to let go. So he sent away and his son, because the thing that the tenants didn't know when they killed the son was that is how, that is how he was going to gain the vineyard. That was to their dismay. They never dreamed that that was possible. That was the secret hidden for all time in this gospel. He had to die. Abraham was showing it. It was foreshadowing. The son would have to die. The lamb God would send. And he sent him to gain this vineyard. Because this vineyard was worth it to him. Mm. Like I'm trying to show you your worth. A lot of you out there, you thinking you nothing. You thinking you the least of these. You thinking you broke, busted, and disgusted. And God, I don't want nothing to do with you because you letting the world speak into you. You letting the devil lie to you. But God is saying, you worth everything, son. You worth the prophets being beat. You worth my son being killed. You worth anything I have to pay for you. The man talking to you right now, I put him through 15 years of torment and trial. Why? Just to get the word that I love you to you. That's how much he loves you. You raise that head and square them shoulders. You let that back go straight and you walk like a son of God because that's what you are through Jesus. What kind of son? A loved son, a redeemed son, a holy, righteous, and pure son by the blood of Christ. You ain't the least of these. You aren't worthless. You are worth everything to God. And he proves it time and time again. The prophets of old told about it. Jesus come and was about it. And now we get to witness to it by the Holy Spirit of what Jesus has done. That's the good news. You are everything to him. And he made a way. Why? By the way you can get to him? No. He was the perfect sacrifice. No other. There is no other name given under heaven by which men can be saved. But Jesus, and it's a gift, mm, not by rule or law, but by grace, God reconciles to us, to himself once more. Mm, the love that he has for us. Now, like, let's, let's, let's one up this thing, because we're thinking, oh, oh, that vineyard must be priceless. I must have some worth to myself. Yeah, 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 but my... But all of us are tenants to a degree. You know what I'm saying? All of us hung Jesus to that cross. All of us want nothing to do with God before he wants something to do with us. All of us are his enemies because we, we like, one sin separates and he comes to reconcile. All of us have ownership in this tenanthood that these Pharisees and the, the teachers of the law were getting called out for. All of us have ownership in this. Like, we can't put it off on another because he didn't teach me right because um, I grew up in this no, 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 my man. Our hearts are our hearts. And we have to own this thing. We can't lay it off on another. All of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So all of us take ownership in this tenanthood. But God. 
Mm. Mm. But God. All right, I was going to jump to another scripture, but I'm going I'm to jump to this one. Because God's leading me there, and I want you to see it. I'm talking us in our sin, right? Before we know Christ, before we wash clean by the blood, before we are uh, made a new creation, before all of that, God still comes to us, whispering, I love you and that I want you, and that you can be forgiven and redeemed. Like in our sin state, like he comes to us and he begs us, like he admonishes us, he, he directs us to what? Seek the Lord while he may be found. Who? You, you wicked man. You wicked. Like, that's what he's talking about. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked, like you and me before Christ, right? Let the wicked forsake their ways. You, you tenants that are guarding this vineyard, like you tenants that threw my son outside and killed him, like you tenants? Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God and he will freely pardon. Like he's talking about grace here. He says, I know everything that you have done. I've seen it all, and yet I still love you, and I still want you reconciled to myself. Like I still want to make a way. Think prodigal son here. He went and squandered everything he had on wild living, right? And he came to his senses, and when he came back to the father, the father ran to meet him. Why? Grace was being extended, and old dad didn't throw nothing back up in his face. Matter of fact, he shut the boy down when he tried making an explanation for it. He said, shut up. Put the robe on him. Put the ring on his finger. Put the slippers on his feet. Kill the fatter calf. Why? Because my grace is so great. I love this child so much. He's worth everything. I don't need no excuses. I don't got to bring up the past again. I ain't got to regurgitate them sins as you did. I just want you. He said, so forsake your ways. Come back to your senses. I need you. So much so that I send the prophets, I let them take a beating and you can kill them. So much so that I send my own son, you can hang him on a cross outside. So much so that I'll send man after man, woman after woman, tell them the good news that you might hear and believe. Because don't you know that's how the gospel comes? Like through the word, happy are those who bring good news, whose feet are fitted with that gospel. Why? Because he's bringing a way back to their sons and daughters, to those who have forsaken him. He's bringing reconciliation through the good news of Jesus Christ. Ah! Don't you see this? You who are highly favored by God. Yes, even in your sin. Because that's how he finds all of us. And when he sees you, he doesn't see you. He sees the you that you will be. Mm. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, how you put this? I got you. I got you. I got you. So behind our house, uh, we call it the water trail. When it rains real heavy, we have like a little slough that runs on the back of our property and it fills in with water. And there's one spot, and I'm talking, it's like, a, um, it's just ate out and it's just muddy and murky water and our boys love it. I'm talking, they go get nasty at like a pig and slop, right? Like they just go at it, they wallowing all over it. And from head to toe, like some of the best video that we got, they're just covered in mud, and every time it rains, when it's nice out, they go out there and they do the same thing. They use it as slides, they jump in it, they go sliding like a slip and slide, and it's so amazing to watch. But they're nasty with it. I mean, head to toe, they're covered in filth. And I want you to correlate this to the sin that we find ourselves living in. We don't even know how we got here, but we seem to get filthier and filthier with it, right? Head to toe, there ain't a spot of us clean, and yet... When I look at them, I know what they will be when old dad cleans them up because I can't leave them like that. 
I can't take them to town like that. They got to get washed. So we put them under. And dad's looking at us the same way. Our heavenly father said, I can't leave them like that. I love them too much. They got to get washed. I got to put them under. Why? Because they need to represent me. They've had their fun. It's time to get cleaned up. And that's what I'm trying to tell you tonight. You've had your fun. It's time to get cleaned up. Mm. Mm. I need you to see this. I need you to see this. Your father, ah, your father knows what you are capable of, where he has got for you. He's got plans for you before the earth was ever uh, formed. He had for you to accomplish and do, and you can't do that filthy. He's got to wash you off and take you to town right. And that's what he's going to do. That's why he sent Jesus, the lamb that God will send as the sacrifice, Jesus. So I want to encourage you. Start viewing yourself anew. And start viewing others differently as well. Because the scripture I skipped over is this. So from now on, this is 2 Corinthians 5, 16. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Not that hog rolling slop. Not them boys sliding in the mud, getting up all filthy. We don't view them like that. Why? Because that ain't their true state. It may be for a moment. It may be a momentary existence for them. And yeah, I understand the momentary existence. It may last years, but they, they may not be who they are now. Five years from now. What do you think it means? Be kind to your enemies. Why? Because they may not always be your enemies. One of these days, they might be your brothers in Christ. All God got to do was wash them up. And he sent a way that that be done. Jesus, if they should turn and believe, they're brothers and they're going to be worshiped with you for all eternity. So you best start viewing them as such. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, anyone, you and me, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. They've been washed. They've been cleaned. They've been saved. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is the whole purpose of our father. This is the whole purpose to reconcile sons and daughters back to himself. He started out with a perfect relationship with the first Adam and it went haywire when sin entered. And he has been working the plan of plans, the mystery of mysteries for all of this millennia, gaining us back, um, working this out that he might reconcile his children once more. And this is what reconcile means. To reestablish a closer relationship. To make compatible. He had it once and it was good. He sat back and rested on the Sabbath. Everything was beautiful until sin entered. And he couldn't leave it. He liked what he had. And he has to reconcile us back to himself. He values us. He wants us. He desires us. He loves us. I'm talking to you. And so he comes with the ministry of reconciliation. That's what we read in right now. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. How? Through Christ. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He'll put us through whatever he's got to put us through to gain you. That's how much you're worth. To do what? To reconcile you back to himself. Because there's a place that you can come into that you can walk with God as Abraham walked with God, as David walked with God, as the apostles walked with God. They ain't one-offs. They are not the exception. They are the rule. Why? Because all they are are sons. And God ain't a respecter of them. 
He loves them all just the same. And he loves you just the same that much. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against him. And he has committed us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God was making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Get washed in the blood of Jesus. Be cleaned up. Be reconciled by the grace, right? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Abraham said God would send a lamb, and God sent the lamb. His name was Jesus, and there is no other. He has done the good work. He hung on a cross, and in his final breath, he said, it is finished. God sent me, and I redeemed the world. I gave my life that you might live. Dare choose life. Dare choose and be reconciled to God. Because he didn't come to condemn. He don't want you to um, stay in that filth. Uh, it may be fun for a minute. But for all eternity, I promise you, it ain't what you think it is. But God, in his goodness, and let me leave you with these words right here. So loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He didn't send his son to condemn the tenants of this vineyard, but to save them. Don't you understand? That's how much he wanted this vineyard, that he would overlook their, their sins. Not overlook. There had to be a judgment paid. He just wasn't going to take it out on them. He was going to take it out on his son. Because without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sin. So we couldn't just give him the pass. He had to find a way to pay for it. And he found that in Jesus. So what we used as evil, what we thought was, ah, we got to own the place. God said, no, you don't even understand. You're playing right into this because he has to shed his blood that you might have your forgiveness. Otherwise, I got to take it out your hide. And you don't want that, my man. But the debt is already paid if you would but believe. Because I didn't send Jesus in to condemn. I sent him in to save you. Mm -hmm. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son, the name of Jesus Christ. There is no other. It wasn't going to be Isaac. It's not going to be another that comes later. He has been here. He has been raised up on that cross. He has died on that cursed tree. He was buried and he rose again to the power side of God. And now through that good news, because of what he has done, because he was that perfect lamb, that perfect sacrifice given for us, we can have life if we want it. That's your choice, my man. That's your choice, young lady. Like, it's up to you. Every one of us got to make that decision because every one of us individually going to have to stand before God and give account of what we did with this gospel. And I'm just trying to tell you, here's how you reconcile. You believe in what he has done. He spilled perfect blood that if we come underneath it, we are washed up. Just like when I throw my boys in the shower after they're done wallowing in that mud, they clean and I could take them out and I could uh, bring them to town. And he's saying the same thing. I want you at my feast, but you ain't coming looking like that. You got to put the right clothes on and I got them for you. And to get washed, you got to believe in that heart and confess with their mouth, Jesus is Lord. Ain't no other way. But if you should do that, you have salvation. Period. 
and he is not a respecter of persons. It don't matter about age, culture, creed, color, sex. It don't matter. If you believe in the name of Jesus, you have been reconciled back to your father because Jesus did all the work, because Jesus paid the price, because Jesus was the lamb sent by God. And he was sent by God. So praise him for it. And if you don't have him, ah, if you don't have him and you're tired of living like you're living, and you know what it feels like. You know what this feels, feels like. You tired of that and you ready to get clean? Hit those knees. Repent of those sins. Ask him into your heart and your life. Ask him to wash you. Whiter than snow, he will do it. And only his blood can. Call on him. He's nearer than you think. He's been here the whole time. Gain him because he came to gain you. Should you call on him, he will show. Dare to. Because he dared to come. He dared to hang. He dared to die that you might live. He didn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Call on him. And if you know him, if this Holy Spirit witnesses to you, and ain't no other can do it. A pastor can't tell you if you're right with God. A best friend, a mom, a dad, they, they can't do it. You got to know from God himself. But when he witnesses to you that you are now washed in the blood of Jesus, get up off those knees and you start walking as a son our daughter of the Most High, you the ambassador in this earth now for what? This kingdom. You start taking ownership of it. It's your kingdom now. You start getting into this family business of telling the good news of Jesus. However the gifting is the inside of you that allows you to do so. God will show you. He will reveal to you. You are part of this and it is on you to tell of it. Dare to live for him because he dared to die for you. I pray in Jesus' name you choose him because guess what? He chose you over all of heaven. He chose you because he would not give up on this vineyard. Why? Because you were there in it. And you are everything. I hope you know that. Mm. I truly pray you know that. You are beyond measure. You are priceless. And you can be his, should you want to be. All right? Now let me bless you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Ah, thank you so much for watching this video. I truly pray it blessed you. And if it did, subscribe to this channel that you might continue to get the latest revelations from God that they might encourage and embolden you to walk boldly and faithfully with your Savior. God bless.